0: Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of Pro Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show!
1: Hi, I'm Jamie.
2: Hi, I'm Bashida.
1: Hi, I'm Gabe. Um, okay, so we have bad news, good news, good news. Right,
0: yes, okay.
1: So, the bad news for us,
0: for us, but fabulous news for her,
1: yes, is our (laughs) beloved Randy Gregory has left us the life
0: of the podcast. I know, (laughs) um,
1: Randy uh, has has been a terrific uh, part of our team uh, for over two years. Mm Um, as a, a field organizer here, uh, and obviously for those who are regular listeners, um, part of this team for 60 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she has accepted a position in Georgia uh, with an awesome organization. It's called Spark uh, for Reproductive Justice. Uh, she's going to be their director of programs,, yeah. which is nice. really terrific. Yeah. Yes, it's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, So we're thrilled for Randy. We wish her the best. Um, we are sad that she, uh, had to leave us, uh, here in Ohio. Uh, but, uh, as folks know, she's from Georgia. This takes her back to Georgia. Yes. It's a really great match for her. Absolutely. Um, and the reproductive justice movement as yes. a whole, you know, this is, this is a good thing.
0: Yes. It's a good thing. We're going to be a little sad, but yeah.
1: So there's bad go- news. Good news. Uh, good news. Number two is we want to welcome.
2: Yay. Ashita Johnson. Hello. Thank you.
1: Yes. So new to the NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio team, uh, you want to introduce yourself?
2: Absolutely. So my name is Vishita Johnson, and um, as Gabe has stated, I am new to the NARAL team as the field and political director. And so I'm so excited to embark on this new journey with NARAL and just to work with all of my great colleagues on doing some wonderful, fantastic things.
0: Yeah. We're so excited and it's a brand new position for us too, so it expands our capacity to do so much more in the field department. Right. And and really just getting ready for, you know, the fights to come.
1: Right. So, in in terms of Randy leaving and you coming in, you're not the new Randy. You, in fact, would Absolutely. have been Randy's boss. Absolutely, um, which which was not the reason why she left. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't want to um, insinuate that at all. Yeah, no, she, but
2: we loved each other, even though we only knew each other for what a week or so. Yeah, uh-huh. yes. sure.
1: <laughs> uh, but you coming in is is uh, an expansion of our yes. field operations here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So yes, that that's is correct. really awesome. Uh, for the reproductive rights movement yes. uh, here in the Buckeye State,
2: absolutely. And so um, to say that, which means we will be replacing Randy, yes. and you know, having someone here that will take her place in the central and um, southern area of Ohio.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yes, to look at the show notes for a job description if yes. you're interested in joining our team. Um, so uh, so why'd you come here?
2: Because this is a fantastic <laughs> place to work. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, I mean, this is a fight that, that we need to continue to fight. We need to be um, supportive of each other as women, you know, you're on board as a man. And we need that. We need everyone. i like to become involved in what we're trying to do. We have some very crucial elections coming up. And so at this point, it's like it's needed. You know, my position was needed in order to, um, you know, get to where we need to get to and to win the elections that we need to win. So I'm excited to be able to offer anything that I can to the program um, that we're going to go ahead and try to implement. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like my skills pretty much you know, match what Nera was looking for. Yes. Um, I've been organizing for about 15 years, give or take. And so, you know, I think that I was ready to take my skills to the next level and here I am. So I'm excited. Yes.
1: 15 years uh, is a terrific uh, beginning of a career. You want to throw out any highlights of, of <laughs> points of pride um, that you worked on?
2: So yeah, I've definitely done um, a lot of campaigns you can say um you know issue-based campaigns um presidential campaigns shout out to senate bill 5 um (laughs) sb5 you know it's just a lot of things that i would say um have prepared me for this moment to actually now be able to supervise organizers on my own Mm
1: -hmm. yes yeah cool well welcome aboard um, we started you off uh, week one with. Yes.
0: Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, right? A nice,
1: <laughs> a nice quiet week. Uh, <laughs> uh, the first None. podcast, yeah. Uh, and our Road Together State House Advocacy Day. This Woo-hoo. was the Freedom of Choice Ohio Coalition, uh, us, New Voices, uh, NCJW, Planned Parenthood uh damn ACLU, it i shouldn't try and name them the
0: urge, all urge aaw the legal women voters preterm women have options oh, ohio now the ohio now education and legal foundation oh and the ohio religious coalition for reproductive choice i think that's yes. it, it. all of them
1: all awesome groups yes. uh got together for uh, our annual um advocacy day at the state house how it go
0: it was fabulous. We had uh, over 150, 160 folks attend from all over the state. Um, they got trained in the morning. Of course, I missed all of that because I was in a hearing that we'll talk about in a minute. Right. Um, but they got trained in the morning by um, legislators and by Kelly Copeland, our executive director, um, Jasmine Burnett from New Voices Cleveland, and um, Lisa Worm from the ACLU and Oh Stephanie Sherwood from Women mm-hmm. Have Options. I'll train them on the messaging and and the, how to how to talk to your legislators and all those things. We had a fabulous rally, and then they went and talked to their legislators. It was a great day.
1: Yes, um, yeah, I I missed the trainings too because we got everybody uh, signed up at the registration desk, got them their assignments. Uh, Kelly uh, Kelly stepped up to the podium to kind of begin welcoming remarks, and somebody came up to me and said, hey, this says we have a 1030, um, which I had assigned them and then totally blanked on. (laughs) And so I literally had to train these folks while sprinting down 4th Avenue and then (laughs) up broad to get them to the Statehouse so that they could get in there for 1030 to meet with Cliff Height. And it was just like, okay, (laughs) we're going to do a walk and talk just like we're on the West Wing. (laughs) here are the basics on what the state budget is and what's in it and what's not. Uh, and, and they came back, you know, 30 minutes later and said, you know, this is a Republican Senator. I mean, he's, he's cliffhite is the guy who begins every conversation with, well, I was a high school football coach. <laughs> um, so, you know, he, he's not on our side. Mm-hmm. Um, but they said that they met with him. They had a good conversation. He sat uh, mm-hmm. He listened. You know, they explained why this is important to them. Uh, that's, you know, in many situations, I think, the best case scenario. I mm-hmm. agree, yes. You know, they didn't win him over. That wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the goal. Right. It was to make sure that he understands uh, that there's more people out there than just, you know, lobbyists sent in by a higher mm-hmm. right to life. Yeah. So.
0: You were the only one in the room, so how, do, how, do, how did it go? <laughs>
2: How did the uh, meeting go? Yeah. It went well, actually. Um, so we first met with um, Dan Ray and of course. You know, that was a, a pretty simple meeting. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was just good just to have a good uh, conversation with him. And, of course, he understands and supports. So, um, you know, we were happy for that. Then we met with um, Representative Palanda's um, actually aide. And, you know, that conversation, um, you know, it went well as well. You know, he was attentive. He listened to the concerns that we had, these stories um, that was being told, and, you know, definitely he's going to pass on the message mm-hmm. to the representative. And, you know, that, like as Gabe said, that's pretty much all we can, um, you know, look for right now as far as, you know, just being able to speak and, and explain the importance of, um, you know, why we're there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, many meetings take place with staff. Yes. Uh, I know as a former legislative staffer, I, you know, was the only person in the room for the senator if he was yeah. out of town or in Absolutely. committee. Um, you know, you've been a legislative staff. Yes,
2: actually just came from the Senate last week. (laughs) And, uh, the same, you know, we take a good amount of the meetings, um, but the senators actually, and I'm sure the representatives as well, um, you know, they come to you for that information. Right. Um, as you know, we heard yesterday, like, you know, they, whether you meet with staff or you meet with the actual senator or representative, um, you know, that information is just as important. So.
1: Sure yeah staffers can be uh, it's 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 a mixed bag. Uh they can be very influential and really help move the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh some of them sometimes will be way more excited about an issue than their actual uh, (laughs) member that they're representing. Uh and I knew I know that I was guilty of that sometimes. Where (laughs) where people would come in and they'd be like, Hey, we've got this thing to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. And they would give me the sales pitch and I would just bite it, hook, line, and sinker, (laughs) and be like, This sounds great. I'll talk to my boss. And then I'd take it back to the senator and he would be like yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but I, I, but, but, yeah. but. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you know, it staff meetings are mm-hmm. you know are important, and, and I think you money. get the same sort of reaction with some legislators. There are some legislators that get very excited, but the yes. truth is that they might not actually have the influence to mm-hmm. be able to come through where you want them to. Um, but but the, you know, occasionally you'll hit a staff member who, uh, you know, maybe. Maybe the actual representative doesn't always pay attention in committee, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but if they can put that information in front of them in a way that's yes. influential, Absolutely. selling the staff member on it can be incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, so those are those are very good meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, we had Kelly Copeland begin the event, um, and then for I think the second year in a row, yeah, uh, we were um, uh, treated by uh, State Representative Stephanie House. Uh, of cleveland she um she this is this is like the second podcast in a row where we're presenting audio from her (laughs) because she was also at the we object rally uh in cleveland um so we've got uh we've got a recording of her providing the opening remarks and Mm -hmm. welcoming remarks um so now folks in here representative stephanie house
3: As Kelly indicated, uh, my name is Stephanie House, and I have the wonderful honor and privilege to serve um, Ohio's 11th House District, which is in Cleveland. It's Cleveland, Garfield Heights, and Newburgh Heights. And um, it's funny, I I had a call last week um, from a young lady who is working on her doctorate in 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 nursing, and she wanted to actually have a conversation with me um, just about reproductive choice, reproductive freedom. Um, as part of a project and we were having the conversation and I said, well, how did you even, you know, how did you even find out about me? You know, cause it's not like she's my constituent. Or she was like, well, I was just doing some research and I saw this speech that you gave. I was like, oh, okay. It's so amazing. Like, you know, having this job, we always have an opportunity to um, be put in situation in places where, you um, sometimes there are things that go on and you have to speak up. And so I tell people all the time, you know, um, as someone, people want to may consider me as a reproductive freedom champion or having a voice in this space. I didn't come to the state house for that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a person that's very open and honest. Um, I serve Ohio's poorest district. Um, 40.1% of the people that I represent live in poverty. And so, coming here, my focus was very clear of trying to not have that destination of being the poorest district here in Ohio. What does that look like? So, you're having different conversations. And when we talk about abortion, you know, it is one of those issues that I think has intentionally been used to tear people apart. It has been intentionally used to get people's attention off of what is really happening, um, not only here in Ohio, but all across our nation, which there is an attack on poor people. And people really need not to forget it. Like, people are getting poorer here in Ohio. If you all have any opportunities, um, you know, to check out the state of Ohio, They every year in the state of Ohio, they do this poverty report. And if you just look at it year after year, what you will see, People are getting poor, and we cannot forget that. You know, I'm one of those individuals. How does, and when I think about in that terms, that's why I speak up when I hear many of the malicious and devices and really toxic language that comes from many of my colleagues. Um, <laughs> oh goodness, um, you, you probably, yeah, I just, I, I can go into real details, but we, we, we have, Some individuals um, that I work with who are not, who have very limited experiences in life. You know, they don't know what it is when you may be growing up in a family and you just have to make choices for yourself. And that's nobody's business but theirs and their families. And I don't have a right, you don't have a right. My title doesn't give me a right to tell somebody else, this is what you must do based on what I think, I believe you should do. There's no place for that here in Ohio. There is no place. And so as you all um, go through your day, I I always would encourage people um, to keep an open mind and have a conversation because the work that we do, I I refer to this as hard work, right? Everybody got here for some type of reason. You may know and you may not. Um, Just because somebody may not believe what you believe, there could be an opening for a shared experience. You know, there is some commonality um, that hopefully we can come to some resolution of understanding um, and then be able to share what your truth is. Am I making sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just, you know, sometimes I talk and I'm like, are people getting it? Um, but cause, because, because, and especially when you talk about the, the, the topic around reproductive freedom and abortion, um, people can get very defensive. We all are very defensive. And when you put your guards up, you can't receive. Right? So take these moments um, and the opportunity to really listen first and then share. Because it's through listening, things will be made. you You will become aware of certain things where you can maybe make a connection. You may have a story based on what you heard that will help the person on the other side of the table or the chair or the desk hear you a little bit more. Um, I was talking to uh, Jasmine and Jay, uh, 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 and Jamie yesterday, and I'm ja- Jasmine from New Voices. Hey, girl. <laughs> you know, they had an opportunity. Um, you know, yesterday we we went through um, the state budget, and uh, again, it, the state budget is not good. <laughs> you know, it's a continuing t- attack on poor people, and it is not. It it does not get Ohio or position Ohio um, to be in a place where, again, we are attacking poverty, where we are enabling our young people to have a great educational experience. It is not putting our state in a place where um, people who want access to quality and affordable health care can get it without there being some type of, I got you moment. You know we are putting barriers in front of people so that they won't have access to good care and and it's a problem for me and it should be a problem for a lot of Ohioans but as I was sharing with um, Jamie and Jasmine yesterday um, I was telling them that we don't live line item lives right? So many times people will look at a budget and like yesterday the whole conversation was oh if you vote against this budget you are voting 170 million dollars against attacking the opioid crisis. Well 170 million dollars it may sound like a lot of money, right? But what does that in terms of a 62 billion dollar budget? It's a real difference. It's a real difference and when we look at the disinvestment that our state is making into people it, it gets people and it's put people in places where they might make choices that they might not have made because they know they're not going to be taken care of they're not going to be supported you, you know when you when when those who decide to exercise their reproductive freedom you know their um you know they have their baby and you don't have quality options of child care what is a person to do? And I think that's one of the things of when I talk about people not having line item lives, we need to think about the entire spectrum. Some people don't, you know, don't want to be parents. So what do we need to do to provide for them to make sure they, that's not even an option, right? You have to have birth control for that. Right, You know, birth control is a good thing, you know? And I think sometimes we are not having very real people conversations because, you know, sex is good. People like it. We're all here because of it. And and, and many times, no, seriously, and many times we we act like, oh, it's a taboo, right? We don't want to talk about it, you know, but beyond just the good feeling for those who want to have expand their families, What are the systems in place to ensure that people can have it, live good, provide for their families in a safe environment, and enriching environment? That's the whole person, the whole person, the whole person. And you all today, um, your voice and your presence means a lot. You know, it's 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 good to look in the room. I think this is my second time or third time. I don't know. One of those times, the second or third time. I know the last time it was over in the church that was across from the state house. But you can see how like the faces are a little bit different. To see a couple more men, a couple more women of color. Like no, that's that 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 is speaking to. Progress that's being made, um, you know, in this movement. Because many times people have just assumed this, that's a white woman problem, that's a white poor woman issue, right? And and in, in this space didn't necessarily feel welcoming for others. But by looking in the room now, you can see that there's change, and that's a good thing. Because again dealing with a whole person and the range of lives we all need each other so i really want to applaud you all for your courage i want to thank you all for your voice and if there's anything that i can ever do um, please don't hesitate to reach out to me i'm always like a phone call twitter instagram facebook message away so thank you all so much here and have a wonderful wonderful lobbying day
0: And then um, after the training, um, we actually brought in a brand-new state representative out of Cincinnati, um, Rep- Representative Bridget Kelly. She actually comes out of the labor movement. She was a labor organizer and this kind of thing, so she really kind of understands the transition from b- being an advocate into this role as a state legislator. She's also one of our pro-choice pickups. Um, she actually um, replaced anti-choice Democrat Denise Drehhouse. Um, in the ohio legislature so it's it's great to have that district now be representative by by a friend um who will will support us so we brought her in to kind of help our our people understand how a meeting will go you know should go and the best kind of practices from a legislator point of view on what kind of really sticks with them so she came in um, and talked about that next so i think we've got the audio of that too right yes
4: Thank you so much for the invitation to be here. I am so excited to join you today, and I uh, won't bore you with all the details of uh, my background, so thank you for that uh, generous introduction. Um, I always love lobby days, and I particularly love lobby days of groups of people that feel really passionately about the issues that I feel strongly about. And so, everybody in this room, you know, we share these values that reproductive rights and reproductive justice are really important to building stronger communities and a stronger state for Ohio. Um, I know you've heard from some legislators before and coming uh, coming out of the labor movement, I know that sometimes meeting with legislators can be really, really frustrating. But sometimes meeting with legislators can be really motivating or really inspiring. Uh, it's interesting because uh, I found over the years that with things like union rights and reproductive rights, a lot of times we go into people's offices and they have you know, a really strong held belief that they either agree or don't agree. And I heard uh, Jasmine talking before about sharing your story and I cannot overemphasize how important that is. You know, we have people that come into our offices that bring us, you know, fancy data sheets and really good information. Some of us value that. Others in the legislature, I'm not sure that they value it quite as much. <laughs> but when you come in and talk about your own story and your own experience, and I think particularly the things that you will share today, it's really important. And I think it's really important for a couple of reasons. One, I think it can be really intimidating to go in and talk to a legislator. But I will tell you, we're people just like you. I mean, my hair is a hot mess because I got stuck in the wind on the way over here. Um, You know, I was running late and I spilled Diet Coke all over myself in my car on my way up. (laughs) So, you know, people may have a different perspective, but I think as people, you know, Being vulnerable and sharing stories about uh, an issue like reproductive choice that is so intimate and so personal, I think is especially important. Now, the second thing I would say is that there are going to be some legislators that you're going to want to high-five after you meet with them, and others you might want to, you know, wait for them in the parking lot. (laughs) But either way, I would say that, you know, these are tough conversations to have. And as legislators, we deal with a lot of difficult issues. But I think that if you can have a respectful conversation and sometimes it will take everything that you have in order to be calm and polite, but I cannot overemphasize how important that is, whether you're meeting with a legislator or with a staffer. I mean, in our office, We meet with everyone, whether we agree with them or not, because your constituents, we're supposed to represent you. Our job is to know how people in our districts feel, to know what's important to them. And yes, we might not agree on everything, but even the people that don't agree with you, you can still have a conversation and you can still learn from each other, whether it's how best to talk about why freedom of choice is the right and moral and good thing to do and why it is necessary to help us build a stronger state. Or it might be to further engage some legislators that feel the same way that you do and compel them to get a little more active in the movement, whether it's here in Columbus or whether it's back in your neighborhood. Um, One of the things, actually I was having a conversation with Jamie yesterday, Uh, One of the themes that we've heard a lot in this legislature is about personal responsibility. Um, And so working for the UFCW over the last 10 years, um, our union was a little bit different than others because we were a majority of women and uh, we also represented a lot of young people. We covered contraception, we covered in vitro fertilization. Our members had access to a whole host of healthcare options that too many women in our communities do not have access to and particularly cannot always afford. And so talking about you know politics and healthcare somehow got really political around election time. But in my opinion, one of the most responsible and important choices people can make is about when and whether to have a family and how to do that. Uh, It's hard if you don't know if you have a paycheck coming in next month. It's hard if you don't know you have appropriate health care. It's hard to figure out if you're going to have the resources to raise a child that may have some really serious challenges. And it shouldn't be up to anyone except for the woman to decide what she would like to do and how she would like to proceed in a situation like that. So, I mean, I think being able to make your own personal medical choices is one of the biggest forms of personal responsibility. And I think, frankly, uh, as a legislator, it is completely hypocritical to say, yes, you must make this decision no matter what. And no, we're not going to do anything to help you along the way. Um, I don't think it's right for us to say, yes, you are going to go down this pathway, but we are going to put obstacle after obstacle in front of you, whether it's equal pay, whether it's providing health care to you and your family, whether it's making more difficult for you to have a job. Um, So in my opinion, the movement for workers' rights and reproductive rights and sort of this larger social justice movement. We're all fighting for the same thing. You know, we want to be able to build a better pathway and more opportunity for ourselves and our families and a fair paycheck and good health care and choosing what we want to do with our bodies is all part of that. So a lot of you, um, I heard it's your first lobby day, which I am super excited about. I hope that you have a fantastic experience today. And I know when I started out um, actually on the other side and was visiting legislators, I was so disappointed and so pissed off when I got stuck meeting with an aide because I thought I really just got tossed to the side and got the leftovers. But the truth of the matter is, meeting with an aide is just as important as meeting with a legislator. Uh, At least in my experience, I spend more time with my aide than just about anybody else in the entire world. They will be able to give you insights about the legislators. If you want more information, they'll be able to provide it to you. If you have questions, they will probably be able to answer them, and you will probably be following up with these aides the next time you come for a lobby day or the next time you're talking about a pertinent bill. So I would say that building relationships and having good conversations with the aides is just as important as if you get to meet with the legislators themselves. Um, Lastly, I think one of the most important things that we can do in order not only to have a legislature that is more reflective of our state uh, not just in terms of how we look but in terms of how we think is to really lift each other up and to be in positions of power so whether that is through influencing people who make decisions or through becoming somebody who makes those decisions yourselves Um, So I would welcome the opportunity to have more like-minded people, particularly more like-minded women like me uh, in the legislature. And so I hope this will be just one step uh, moving forward to a long career of activism. Um, And I think that uh, working together and fighting one day more is always really uh, important, particularly now, I think at the federal level and at the state level, we've got a long slog ahead of us but let's use it to motivate ourselves and to keep fighting instead of uh, being disappointed. So I'm not sure if we have time for questions or if you want to ask questions since Jamie and Lauren stuck me right before lunch. <laughs> uh, but I'd be happy to take any questions or I'll hang around for a little bit in case you'd like to uh, chat. But I, Really appreciate the opportunity to be here today. I am proud to be a partner with you uh, in this fight. People always find it interesting that I am a staunchly pro-choice Catholic woman, uh, but it's something that I enjoy talking about to whomever will
3: listen. Thank you.
2: So, um, you know, we had the press conference rally at the state house, and I think that went extremely well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a great turnout. We had the senators who came and spoke. Um, you know, we had to give that uh, thank you to Representative Strayhorn, Senator Chavone, um the new, newly elected minority leader, Yuko, Senator Tavares, who was also the assistant minority leader, and Senator O'Brien spoke. Um, also in attendance, we had Rep. Kelly, Rep. Kent Smith. Rep Boggs, as well as Senator Thomas, so we definitely want to give them um, a great big thank you for coming out speaking on behalf of um, you know women's rights and the reproductive justice, and just ensuring Americans how they plan to continue to fight and you know showing how important it is to them. Yeah.
5: Well, thank you, Jamie, and and uh, good afternoon, Freedom Choice of Ohio Coalition. <laughs> I just wanted to come over today to show my support uh, for this coalition and and all the folks that fight for women's reproductive choice rights. Uh, You have a a constitutionally protected right to make decisions, medical decisions, about what happens with your body. And I'm glad that you're here today to send the right message, and I want to encourage you to continue to send the right messages to the legislature that we should not be putting ourselves between women and their physicians and their health. that if you don't have sovereignty over your own body, then in America, you really don't have freedom. And I want to keep encouraging you to show up every day that you need to to fight for this right. Be vigilant. There are a lot of people that feel perfectly comfortable, Trying to take this right away from you, and you guys are just going to have to fight day in and day out to make sure that that doesn't happen. And many of us will be there right by you, side by side, fighting that fight to make sure that women enjoy the freedom that they are guaranteed by the Constitution of the United States of America. God bless you, and Godspeed in all your work.
0: I would like to. Like to next introduce um, Senator um, Shavoni.
6: Thank, Thank you
0: me. so much.
6: Well, I appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with you this afternoon. You know, you'll see in this state house that a lot of things will be moving very, very slowly, and then all of a sudden you'll see things pick up. And so it's so important that we are proactive in this fight rather than reactive. And every single day fighting for this right making sure that you are putting yourselves in position to get in front of these legislators because you're the experts on this and you need to get in front of them and explain to them every single day that this is a right that so many women of the past have fought for and so you're not going to back down on days where they're going to try to put an amendment in a 5,000 page bill you'll be there to fight you'll be there to stand up for your past generation and future generations of women and if you need our help that's why we're here. So, anytime you need any of us, even if we don't represent you by geographical area, we're there for you because we believe in the same things you do, and we just appreciate the opportunity to represent you. So, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you.
0: I would like to next introduce the newly elected minority leader of the Ohio Senate, Senator Kenny Yuko, one of my great friends.
7: Good afternoon, everybody. How many times have we heard that expression, bad people are elected when good people don't vote? There's a whole lot of truth to that. There's also a whole lot of truth to bad things happen when good people keep their mouths quiet. So what we need to do is continue the conversation that we've been having. Make sure your voice is heard. Like Senator Schiavone said, call every one of us. Call all of us. Call us often. Let that message be shared with everybody. You know, we have a lot at stake here, an awful lot at stake, and I'm really proud and glad to see that this is not just a a female issue. This is men, women standing together, fighting together. We're concerned together because we live together. We are all a human race, and we all must do better to protect all of us. You know, those of us who are here today, our children, our grandchildren, and generations yet to come. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for all that you do. You guys are fantastic. Love you all. Thank Keep fighting, guys.
0: Next, I would like to introduce Senator T- Charlita Tavares. My words today um, from the great state of oh, city of Columbus, state of Columbus. I wish it was the state of Columbus. Um, I miss your district by a block, and it makes me sad every day. So, <laughs> Senator Tavares. Thank you, Jamie. And thank you to the Freedom of
8: Choice Coalition. Thank you for being here with us today. And thank you for standing up for women's rights. Uh, My choice, your choice, our choice, America's choice. When we are pro-choice, we allow each woman to do what is in her and her family and her faith's best interest. It is not about what The men in the General Assembly and some women want for individuals. It's about what America has said loud and clear, that women have the rights for reproductive health and for choice in what happens with their body, not to be dictated to. I want all of us to understand that it does make a difference in who we elect. It does make a difference. We just had an election yesterday, a primary election. Let's remember that right now in the Ohio Senate, out of 33 members, there are only six women. That makes a difference. That makes a difference. In the House, there are only 25 women. 25 out of 99. We've got to do better, women. We've got to elect more women who believe that women have the rights over their own body. That we're not gonna be dictated to by men or by policy that doesn't include our voice at the table. So advocate strongly, advocate every day, and then lift each other up as candidates for office because we can't afford to be void in the House and the Senate of a women's voice at the table, at the table making the decisions for health care for all. So thank you, Jamie. Thank you for the coalition's work. And we look forward to seeing you around the halls and in the
0: seats of the Ohio General Assembly. God bless you. I'd like to introduce um, Senator Sean O'Brien.
5: I just want to say thank you and welcome to the People's House and letting your voice be heard here today. Thank you so much. But I
1: really want to thank you on behalf of a father with two daughters for being here, for fighting for their rights, for their struggle, and for the future struggles of all women.
5: I've been here for a long time in the House and now in the Senate, and to see these rights being eroded, we don't need to win every battle, but we need to win the war. And
1: to win the war, we got to keep our eye on the prize, to keep focused, and to keep fighting. It's because of you here today that are going to enable us to win that war. And I just want to
5: say thank you, and thank you on behalf of my daughters for what you do. Thank you.
1: So it was a really terrific day. Um, We encourage, you know, it's an annual day every April, May, somewhere in Mm -hmm. there. Um, You know, keep an eye out for that uh, next year.
0: And I think we're also going to do some local stuff over the summer when they break. So, you know, stay tuned for some other local organizing around this too.
1: Right. Uh, so, one of the reasons why we always hold this event in April, May, you know, in, in the springtime, uh, is because this, on odd numbered years, mm-hmm. uh, is, is prime state budget season. Uh, the state budget is a $60 billion bill that has to pass. Uh, every odd numbered year. Uh, It's how the state of Ohio functions. We know right now that on June 30th of this year, we'll be sitting there watching John Kasich sign the bill. He has to do that by law June 30th. Um, So between now and then, uh, the House Finance Committee and the Senate Finance Committee, the members of those committees are each scrambling like crazy hearing, Endless hours of testimony <laughs> uh, to determine what goes in this bill.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: We had a win last week.
0: You this want to talk week. about it? Mm-hmm. Well, last week, this week, every week. Yeah, yeah. Came,
1: it came out last week. <laughs> yes, um, a tentative win.
0: Yeah, for now, a for now, win. So we'll take the victory lap and then keep on working to make sure it stays a victory lap. Right. So, longtime listeners know that the state budget provides a million dollars over two years to crisis pregnancy centers. Boo. <laughs> we don't like, who, you know, manipulate, um, give medically inaccurate information, coerce the people coming to them for care and, and information about abortion and birth control and those kinds of things. Um, the original budget did not include funding for crisis pregnancy centers and the... House passed their version of the budget on Tuesday afternoon, and it still does not contain right. any direct funding for a crisis pregnancy centers. So, so the
1: CPC money is no longer in the budget. Yes.
0: So, woohoo.
1: The budget's not passed yet. Yes. It's still <laughs> going
0: to the Senate, and we still have conference committee, and we still have lots of other steps, but for now, um that was definitely uh, definitely a win.
1: Right. So this this was a million dollars that the state decided two years ago to take out of the TANF funds, the temporary mm-hmm. assistance for needy families. This is kinda like food stamps. You mm-hmm. know, this is money that really low income Ohioans count on. It's it's
0: temporary assistance. Yeah. It's and it's in this in this particular Block Grant is for, like, emergency material assistance needs. So I was talking with um, Lisa Worm from the ACLU. She also, like you guys, not me, was a legislative staffer, and she said that while she was working in a legislative office, they actually used that TNF money to get somebody enough money to move out of a lead-contaminated apartment so her kids weren't being poisoned wow. by lead every day. So that, that, that's the kind of program that this is. It shouldn't be going to CPCs to, you know, force women to go through a parenting class in order to get a pack of diapers. Right, And that was the thing in their testimony that, like, made the hair on the back of my neck stand up, but they kept talking about how they could earn free stuff. <laughs> and if you're earning... Free stuff by definition, it's not free. Right. It's not like you walk in and pick up a pack of diapers off the off the shelf and walk out the door. You have to take a parenting class or go you to Bible have to pass study a test or a to
1: get government assisted funds. Exactly. So,
0: okay. Right. And that's exactly what happens there. So we're very thankful. There are a lot of things in this budget to not like. Let's make that really clear that this is Lovely. not a good budget. <laughs> right. But it is very good that this funding is not a piece of it.
2: Yes. So it's like a step in the right direction. Yes.
1: It is. Uh, we just need to keep keep that step going in exactly. that same direction. Yes, <laughs> um, there are many more opportunities where this money could get replaced. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was testimony from some of these CPC director uh, yeah. people to to you know they went in and immediately started whining about where did our million dollars go? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so so you know the the Senate Finance Committee next week is is going to yep. be hearing testimony on the bill. The bill has gone over to the Senate. Um, They're probably going to get some more testimony Mm -hmm. on, you know, why isn't state dollars being given to these phony clinics? Um, So, you know, contact your legislators. Let them know. Do not give TANF dollars uh, to crisis pregnancy centers. Um, So uh, we're also watching the budget because that has, uh, as everybody knows, been the vehicle for many abortion restrictions. Some of the most heinous things get Mm -hmm. uh, put into the budget as amendments. Um, so we're keeping an eye out for that. Haven't seen them yet, uh, but normally that happens very late mm-hmm. May, yes. early June, when they're already past the committee process. So some of these uh, ideas as amendments don't even really get hearings where yeah. people can testify. Uh, so of course, we'll be on watch for that uh, all the way up through uh, through June 30th.
0: Mm-hmm. So Exactly. And as I previously referenced, I missed all the fun morning and the amazing speech from Representative House because I was sitting in a a hearing room hearing proponent testimony on House Bill 149. Skippy, skippy. Yay, It was fabulous, <laughs> not sarcastic. Yay. <laughs> so this bill um, is one of the multitude of attacks on abortion providers. It really is 100% about stigma and shame. Right. Um, so in Ohio, it's already um, non-existent to have a, like a fetal tissue donation program. Those do exist in other places and fetal tissue research has actually done amazing things in medical research. It's the reason why we have polio vaccines and have treatments for ALS and Parkinson's disease. I mean, these are critical medical advancements that wouldn't have happened um, or would have happened way slower without access to um, fetal tissue. But in Ohio, our already restrictive laws already uh, make it impossible to do these programs. So they don't exist in Ohio. So you would think that'd be enough. But no. (laughs) So House Bill 149 will make it even more illegal. They're increasing the penalty from a misdemeanor to a felony um, and also um, further restricting how, um, how these programs can operate. But also creating, for the first time ever, codifying the term abortionist into Ohio Revised Code. That's
1: not a real term.
0: No, it's not. As, I, as I've as i been frequently saying, you know, we don't call open um, uh, cardiologists open-heart surgeonists or, you know, <laughs> plastic surgeon faceliftists or...
1: God, you could come up with some funny names. I, I, I actually did create a whole little list. <laughs> <laughs> Faceliftist
0: is one of my favorites, actually. But but so, you know, and, and why are we calling... Boobologists. Mm, yeah. doctor. <laughs> 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what, why are we calling a OBGYN or family medicine specialist, you know, by one of many procedures that they do. And it is, it's a hundred percent about stigma. This this term is only used by anti-choice groups to stigmatize abortion providers and separate them from the medical community in the same way that they've separated abortion out of general medicine and healthcare. So it's a hundred percent about stigmatizing. It has absolutely nothing to do with anything because these programs don't exist in Ohio. So again, this is just, you know, K6 already signed 18 things into law. So this is just another thing that is stupid and ridiculous in our state legislature. And we really shouldn't be spending. I mean, we are piss poor in infant mortality. We have an opiate crisis beyond compare. And this is what our state legislature is focusing on.
1: Right.
2: Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. So uh, we'll be, we'll be keeping, uh, yeah. uh, keeping an eye on that. Uh, the other thing we're keeping an eye on um, is what's happening in Congress right now. Um, I'm, I'm staring at uh, Twitter. Um, Paul okay. Ryan uh, is uh, on the floor of the House uh, as we speak, uh, trying to defend his overthrow of, uh, of the Affordable Care Act. Um, Nancy Pelosi just got done. Out on the lawn, Elise Hoag, the president of our national organization, uh, is, uh, is speaking to the press uh, as to exactly how terrible it will mm-hmm. be uh, if uh, the Republican leadership in Congress is able to just demolish uh, the nation's uh, health care. Um, we don't really know all the details that are in this bill, a little bit because we've been working on lobby day this way, <laughs> <the happy laughs> um, but also because, you know, they're, they're again trying to shove through mm-hmm. something that they wrote Absolutely. behind closed doors, yes. which is a crock of shit. Um, we do know that, you know, people with pre-existing conditions, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of discussion as to how it's going to uh, destroy their access to care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it makes, makes women, a you know, a existing condition yeah. again. Absolutely. Uh, and we know it defunds Planned Parenthood yes. Uh, yes. nationally. Um,
0: from Medicaid. I mean, this isn't even like grant money or the things like that that they screwed around with in Ohio. This is like, they can no longer be a Medicaid provider, which is a really, 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 really bad thing.
1: Um, Yeah, it it stops them from being able to get reimbursed for services that they're providing to (laughs) low-income women um, who are using Medicaid. These are the, you know, cervical cancer screenings. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, Planned Parenthood is the only place they can go to for this. Um, You know, the the federally qualified health center dentist office down the street does not do pap smears. (laughs) Yes. What? So,
0: Well, and I think something else I've heard, and because, again, they haven't released many of these details, but some of the other things I've heard is that it will possibly even reduce Medicaid reimbursement rates, which are already bad for doctors. So right. many doctors aren't Medicaid doctors because Absolutely. they get such a low reimbursement for the services they provide that they actually lose money providing the services to Medicaid patients. So, you know, if they reduce it even further, we're going to cut even more doctors out of Medicaid because they're gonna elect not to be Medicaid providers and then they're gonna right. forbid Planned Parenthood from being a Medicaid provider, making the pool of places that people can go even lower.
1: Right. Um, the the Trump care bill uh, it uh, it treat it, it converts postpartum depression as as being a pre-existing condition. Um, being a domestic violence survivor is suddenly viewed as a pre-existing, pre-existing condition. condition yes. um, having a C-section. Yeah. <laughs> you know, pre-existing condition. That doesn't even make sense. Not at all. (laughs) But that's what they're trying to pass today. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, this really does sound like an awful bill. Yeah, Um, I mean,
2: they they released, um, I want to say about 11 states who have the highest number of of adults with um, pre-existing conditions. And, you know, they're going to be affected the most um, in those particular states. But, you know, even just here in Ohio, along the millions of people and children who would be affected, um, it's just, you know, preposterous. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Um, so, uh, like we said, this is happening right now as we're recording, uh, by the time, uh, by the time (laughs) we actually get this thing posted, uh, I get a feeling that the fight in Congress is going to be over and done with. So next (laughs) week we'll be talking about how that went. Yeah.
0: And Um, maybe what's actually in the bill. Maybe we'll know about it after they pass it. Who knows?
1: (laughs) Right. Um, so, uh, everybody keep calling your members of Congress, uh, let that them totally. know that you want real health care, not Trump care, um, care, not wealth care. So <laughs>
2: okay. Like that.
1: Yeah. So
2: for now to be continued, huh? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay. So our last segment is let's get it on. Um, and uh, We should upcoming. have had Randy record that Before she
0: I left know.
3: Man,
0: nobody's ever going to sing it the same way Dashita, would you like to sing Let's get it
2: on I do, I, You know what, I do not have that Kelly slash Jasmine voice That they, they, they sung a duet yesterday No, I, I can't sing, I was in band so. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, we're going to get them to record that sometime. <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, the event calendar the first thing we want to do is actually go backwards in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Women Have Options Bowathon was a massive success. Pre terms yes. nice. you know, also Huge, very yes. successful. Um, I know nationwide, the National Network of Abortion Vision Funds, funds yep. NNAF, uh, their Bolathons raised a million dollars across the country nice. for abortion uh, care.
0: Yeah. yeah. And right here in Ohio, they raised over $83,000 um, from, from Women Have Options. And I'm not sure. I don't have the preterm number in front of me. But, you know, and that is a record amount. I think it triples last year's amount raised. So it's oh, definitely nice. an amazing, an amazing accomplishment. And shout, big, huge shout out to Stephanie Credit Sherwood, the executive director of Women Have Options for rocking that out. It was amazing.
1: Right. Uh, upcoming events fit into two categories. One is state house committee hearings, which are not yet scheduled. Yes, um, as we talked about, it's budget season. This is what we're going to be working on for the next two months. Um, so uh, keep uh, keep an eye on our Twitter feed at ProChoice Ohio, uh, uh, ProChoice OH. Um, check us out on Facebook. Uh, that's where we'll post updates about mm-hmm. hearings. Uh, and then um, your field team is yes. going to be knocking <laughs> out the pride festivals right and left through the month of June.
2: Absolutely. So we're definitely getting prepared for that. We're going to try to build up a. Uh, we are definitely going to build up a strong volunteer base um, so that we can start getting the education that you know everyone needs, uh, spreading awareness, um, just doing whatever we can. You know, in lieu of all of the things that we have coming up.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll post uh, some pride festival dates in the show notes. Um, honestly we we go to most of them mm-hmm. um so you know save the date for those uh shoot us a line uh at volunteer right mm-hmm.
0: yeah volunteer. Uh, <laughs>
1: it's your email address <laughs> volunteer <laughs> at prochoiceohio.org um and and come out to to join us at a pride festival
0: and Comfest,
1: and then Comfest at the end yes. of june <laughs> yep yes okay fun fun. uh how'd you like being on the show It was amazing. Um, You know, I'm
2: going to get used to this very fast, so.
0: (laughs) Nice. Okay. It's a nice cathartic way to have have a conversation about how your week went.
2: Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By educating at the same time. Exactly. Cool.
1: Uh, Okay, we'll see everybody next week.
2: Bye. Bye.